There's a new virus in the database. We have a zero bug attacking all login and all the way files. Run antivirus. Give me a systems display. Hope you are having a great day, and I'm sure you can't wait to listen to the latest from the cyber world. In this episode, we'll discuss DP World cyber attack and the rippling effects these kinds of attacks can have on a country, and discuss one of the major Canadian banks' ransomware attacks. But first, we need to start with the release of the ASD ACSC Australian Cyber Security Centre for the Cyber Threat Report for 2022-2023. ASD-ACSC is the Australian Government's Technical Authority on Cybersecurity, bringing capabilities to improve Australian national cyber resilience. ASD has responded to more than 94,000 reports made through Report Cyber so far, which is around one every six minutes. They have identified a number of key cybersecurity trends in their report, such as the rise in state actors groups targeting critical infrastructure, using different techniques such as living off the land and sophisticated malware such as snake malware. In 2022-2023, ASD has responded to more than 143 cybersecurity incidents related to critical infrastructure. Cybercriminals constantly evolve their operations against Australian organizations. There has been 127 extortion-related cyber incidents reported. 118 of these incidents evolve ransomware. With business, email compromise remain a key vector to conduct cybercrime. The report addresses risk regarding AI, and the rise of complex ICT supply chain, indicating that to boost cybersecurity, Australia must consider not only technical controls such as the ASD Essential 8, but also growing a positive cybersecure culture across business and community. This includes prioritizing secure by design and secure by default products during both development and procurement. Paul also captured some great statistics, such as the average cost of cybercrime per report is up 14%, cybercrime reports are up by 23%, and almost a 33,000 call made to the cyber hotline, with an average of 90 calls per day. The top cybercrime for individuals remains identity fraud, online banking fraud, online shopping fraud. The top cybercrime for businesses are business email compromise fraud, online banking fraud. One of the milestones which is of extreme positive impact is the cyber threat intelligence sharing partners, which grew by 688%. I'll include a link for the full report in the description and I do advise you to read as it is a very important report and a lot of hard work has been put into it. 
Dubai Ports or DP World is one of Australia's largest port operators, has resumed their operation after being hit by a major cyber attack last week. DP is responsible for around 40% of the country's shipping transportation, and its shutdown has impacted the import and export of more than 30,000 shipping containers stranded at ports all over Australia. This disruption is said to be unlikely to impact the supply chain of essential goods to major Australian supermarkets. The Minister for Cybersecurity, Claire O'Neill, addressed the Parliament last week. Uh, in my role as Minister for Cybersecurity, I'm not always able to get up and deliver positive news to the Parliament, but we do have good news today. Uh, this afternoon, DP World announced that they are resuming operations at their facilities. Their expectation is that 5,000 containers will leave their ports today. Speaker, the incident at DP World is the latest in a string of cyber attacks which have shaken our country. Uh, and this is why this is such a central priority for our government. The DP World incident also, Speaker, shows that some of the critical reforms that our government has put in place in the past 18 months are actually working. Uh, speaker, for many Australians, they're probably not really conscious of the tremendous complexity that's involved in managing a cyber incident of this size. In the case of DP World, we have a company here that manages 40% of freight movements in and out of our country. The implications for a shutdown, even briefly, on the ports are very widespread, affecting most of the parts of the Australian economy. Speaker, in the instance of this particular cyber attack, we had the National Cyber Security Coordinator who was on the ground effectively immediately working with the company and across industries to help manage the impacts of this. Moving on, after detecting the attack last week, the company disconnected its systems from the internet to stop any unauthorised access. This points to a very weak cyber resilience and cyber maturity and the absence of proper processes and procedures in place. Unplugging your network should be your last resort and not your first action when responding to an incident. At the time of this recording, no proper attribution has been announced yet. A statement from the National Cyber Security Coordinator said, DP World Australia has resumed operation today following the cyber incident that impacted a number of ports around the country over the past few days. Although ports operation has resumed, it does not mean that this incident has concluded. It's easy to say that DP World incident was an eye-opener and the canary in the minds of how disruptive a major cyber attack on Australia's critical infrastructure could be, and a lesson learned for other organisations here in the country. Our next topic for today will be the Canadian bank Moniris, which claims that they have prevented a major ransomware attack. After being listed on Medusa Cybercrime Group data leak site demanding $6 million, Moniris announced that they have successfully prevented access to any critical data from being exfiltrated. 
They did not say when the attempt occurred and did not respond to any questions on whether they might have even paid the ransom. Moniras had reported an outage in September, so I would say this incident took place around this time. Moniras is a joint venture of the Royal Bank of Canada and Bank of Montreal and is the largest payment processor in Canada. The Medusa gang has been very active this year, attacking an Italian water supply company and many of the Philippines' healthcare providers. They are the second most frequent cyber extortion group targeting organizations in the Asia-Pacific region, engaging in double extortion ransomware attack types. The Medosa group mentioned here are different operators from Medosa Loca and Medosa Stela. It has been verified that they are linked to OSINT without borders, functioning as their front PR and publishing all their ransom demands. Medosa ransomware is obfuscated and contains unique encryption keys for each victim. These encryption keys are AES-256 and RSA-2048 keys. With extreme similarity to Ryuk ransomware in its build, hence many cybersecurity products has first detected it as Ryuk ransom. Like most ransomwares, before the encryption process is initiated, it stops all services from running on your machine, over 280 of them. For higher encryption success rate and encrypting only the first and last portion of the file for faster duration. The ransom will then delete the Windows Shadow Volume copies on your machine. So it is designed to be agile and efficient as much as possible. The assumption is that Midosa team is located in Eastern Europe. Medosa and other gangs' methods are shifting towards working with access brokers, buying access to systems without the need for any malware payloads. Medosa gang was the group behind Monopolis Public School MPS ransomware attack, where they leaked about 100 gigabytes of students' data, including birth dates and health records which is even in cybercriminal gangs' standards, is the lowest of low. As they say, ransomware is more about manipulating human psychology than using sophisticated, malicious binaries and codes. Data is gold, protected like a treasure. That will be all for this episode. Thank you all for listening as always, and have a good day. Sally B.